Welcome back, Underground. Ooh. I was trying to be louder. What's funny is we've been talking the last few minutes, and that energy, it's not like it wasn't there. But yeah, but it just went out when we like, started. It was yeah. significantly higher just now. Hey, we're excited to um, get back into this series. We took last week as a short little break to interview Frank Viola. So if you didn't catch that, you could go back and catch that. But we're jumping back into uh, the series that we started a couple of weeks ago of these top common urban observations in disciple-making movements globally. Right? Yeah. That's a really long name. We have to come up with a with a shorter, funnier name. Um, urban movement characteristics. I feel like you that just really, changed one word that was really and funny, dropped right? one word. <laughs> it made it shorter. <laughs> we'll barely. come up with something. Yeah. So when we look at uh, how the gospel moves in cities, right. what are the common things globally? We're excited because we had an excellent interview a couple of weeks ago with Michael Sherwin. Yeah. So really, so really, we did two interviews in a row. We did Michael, and then we inserted it right away with Frank. Yep. Okay. Cool. Hey, I'm just. I, just I like working. how you don't really know what's going on. I, just, I, I know I did the podcast. I don't know the order of release. Uh, I, that is so like us, though, to be like, "Hey, here's a series." Pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately the next week. So uh, go back two weeks uh, to the intro uh, with, with Michael and the two four eight crew. Uh, Michael and them are in South Africa. Well, we did our intro. And then to the, the intro, and then, and then we, we did the intro to the series, right? And then didn't start the series till today. So. And, in one sense, this is actually another intro. It is because because it's now into the like the meat of the series. Yeah, the series in the series. So really, we're going to approach it like this: uh, for every one of the fifteen observations that we have in this report, we're going to do at least a couple episodes. Um, I'm going to argue for more than one, absolutely, uh, or more than two. Well, we have to to get to seven hundred and right. Whatever. I've, I've got a, this quota in my mind that I, we got to we got to reach, um, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great way to talk about the things that. We talk about all the time, uh, but have a new little twist on it, or somebody else came up with the wording, and then we can talk about it. Uh, and then, and we'll probably get some interviews of both local practitioners and also people who have, uh, yeah, just m- maybe lean into this either globally or just outside of our own network. Well, the good thing about a lot of this is we might have said it, but now it doesn't feel like yeah. too. Um, semi-intelligent human beings are making something up <laughs> but exactly. but someone that put the word research in their <laughs> in their work that's exactly right is affirming a lot of what we have said so we're gonna have 15 mini series essentially and so the first one the first observation is the following oh you we're just we're here now we're here we're diving in okay the first one i thought we were gonna try to do some more jokes no one wants to okay no one wants to hear you try to joke all right (laughs) number one foster obedient lifestyles through discovery learning i was uh, at home last night i like how you nodded like you could keep talking yeah you're you're doing great yeah don't stumble um i was preparing for this surprise surprise i know that that might i thought about it on the way in this morning (laughs) so i got a 12-hour jump on you (laughs) um as i was thinking through uh starting with this first one today foster obedient lifestyles and uh thinking about you know our listeners what might they be thinking and i thought they might be thinking am i in the twilight zone have i heard this before (laughs) yes you have 
There might be eight episodes Very possible. dedicated to living obedient lifestyles. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is just to expound on this a little bit more. Uh, let's hit pause real quick to let our listeners know that they can download this. Mm-hmm. And then you'll discover that we're not actually just reading you a document, <laughs> although we're going to read a little bit well, from this document. That doc- was my plan. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but if you go to... Um, you know what? I don't even know how to tell you where to go. Um, <laughs> it's the kind of high quality <laughs> direction you get from us. I'm looking it up right now. It's podcasters.spotify.com forwards. That's a really long, you know what? <laughs> I think if you go to our, the Casey underground website, I bet you can find our episode somewhere <laughs> and then uh, you can find this website. Uh, that holds our podcast and then find the show notes for this episode. <laughs> this is really complicated. Oh, wow. This is this maybe is the 12 we could, hour jumpy that you had on me. Maybe on we could just get Liz to post this somewhere on our website. That would be, that would be the easiest. We're going to figure this out as you move forward. Find the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have thing. show notes. This is, I mean, we just have a PDF of the 248 report, which you should get and read. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, it, it especially, yeah, I mean, it's, it's solid for anyone. But if we're just looking at the characteristics of in city type of setting, then uh yeah it's good and the, and this is interesting because number one uh foster obedient lifestyles through discovery learning that we're sitting in today and part of the next couple episodes uh yeah in some ways we've talked about it a thousand times in other ways it's like two giant um points of ours that we talk about a lot molded into one obedience and discovery-based learning um and obviously they a lot of this goes hand in hand and for each of these uh, like observations, there is a hy- hypothesis. It's a word that I don't use enough. Nope. There's a hypothesis that the group throws out um, after talking with all these different groups around the world. Um, and this is the hypothesis they have for observation number one. Urban disciple makers should seek to model, teach, and replicate lifestyles of loving obedience to God through discovery-based adaptive learning methods. So this one, this one hit me when I read it. I was like, "What? Well, I'm not sure it should just be urban disciple makers. It should just be." Well, yeah, but this is all through the lens of urban. Oh, that's fair. Remember, remember. Yeah. So it's like this. This is actually pretty. Uh, yeah, it's in all the movements that we follow. This is common. So it's but specifically like we're talking about urban. It is. It is present in all these urban movements. And it's more about that adaptive piece on the end of it as well. That you have to continually think about adapting kind of your methods and what you're doing in highly individualistic sort of places. So remember, if you didn't hear the the interview with Michael, uh, go back and listen to that. That's a really important because one of the things that he was emphasizing in that interview is they're not trying to come out in this, um, in the the offering of this report and say um, that we have made some standard of what you should do. There were a a ton of interviews over several years, and basically the report is trying to say, like, yeah, here's a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. We assume that you should seek to do this because here's what we heard in these interviews. So in a sense, he's saying, like, you know, and I'd encourage you as you're listening and and to the next couple of interviews as well, um, does does it ring true? Is there something that you would push back on? Is there like, you know, we're going too far with this or I don't know, just is there some better wording that you're thinking of? But again, the hypothesis is that disciple makers should model, teach, 
replicate lifestyles. Like I feel like it's almost like we should hit everyone. I know. Words, I was just like, know? which one of those words pop out to you the most? But keep going. Lifestyle of loving obedience to God through discovery-based adaptive learning methods. Uh, and so, yeah, we should just get into a little bit more of, um, yeah, like what what were people saying that were kind of pointing to that? What's your own yeah. experience? Yeah, 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 totally. And and I think I, well, let's try to make this as practical as possible for, for people because um, th- there are a few things more practical when you're talking about like, all right, you've been living on mission with your friends. You're starting to like gather a little more intentionally. How do you actually uh, begin the disciple-making "Quote unquote process," um, which is a, it's a funny way of saying it, but that is where discovery-based learning is so 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 important, and why adaptive is probably such a key word here is that w- put yourself in the shoes, and maybe that is exactly you. Maybe you're someone who's just leaning into this. You identified your the the place that God has said go be a missionary. You're starting to have gospel conversations. You're starting to really love and serve people. Um, the invitation is, hey, let's get together and, and read the Bible together, see what God has to say. At that point, what is your role? Are you the the person with the information? Maybe what's been modeled to a lot of us in the church, in the West in particular, uh, are we... Do we have to become the person like who's on the stage, who has like the seminary degree, who knows everything? Or can you begin really to be the facilitator? That you ask the questions, you seek truth together, and you say, hey, let's live this out. That's where the rubber meets the road, and that's why I think it's so common all around the world, urban or not, rural and everything in between, is that we have to have a process that is not based on knowledge, 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 but it's based on facilitation, uh, learning to get together, right, asking questions. Um, so that's why it's such a key thing for what we do in Kansas City. Yeah, and the one of the things that stood out to me just reading this is like we started here. Like somebody that was compiling this report yeah. de- had to decide where should we start. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I don't know why they put this one first. I just have an assumption that this one is at the top for a reason. Mm-hmm. Nothing else rang as true as this one thing. Mm-hmm. That if you want to see viral disciple-making movements, obedience-based, discovery-based methods that are adaptive is like, it's at the center. Yeah. It's at the center of what we should be doing and how we should be thinking. Um, and man, just the, even sitting in um, a meeting this morning with global leaders, um, I was about to say from around the world. <laughs> I was like, that's what global Global means. leaders from around the world <laughs> in lots of different countries. Across the globe, <laughs> we had a couple of moments where we jumped into breakout rooms, and in in all of those, the question was, "What did you hear from the last teaching? What was applicable, and what are you going to do about it?" Mm. And I was like, "Man, this is like really, it, it's it's ingrained now into all of the environments that I'm a part of." Mm-hmm. That's good. Like I'm rarely in a in a place anymore where, at least in a, a, a like a genuine learning environment where. I've been offered something and it was like, yeah, here's my knowledge. See you later. It's very much like we've baked it into everything that we do. And I think in some of the other environments we get to be a part of, we're now influencing those spaces to go like, Hey, don't, don't break apart until you ask people like, why was that important? Mm -hmm. Like you asked them to be here. You offered a moment for them to be present with you. Don't don't let them just walk away and not ask how that matters to their life. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, you know what jumps out to me? I don't. Uh, 
Uh, well, let me tell you, <laughs> like h- how important discovery based and obedience together is having one without the other. You ha- it's good. But the fact that these things mix together. So let me let me paint a picture for that. Like you can have a totally facili- facilitation based model uh, where we get together. We just ask questions and we all just talk about the things that jump out to us. That's cool. Um, I've also, <laughs> I've been in some groups, uh, they've been mostly with the, you know, young millennial old Gen Zers in my lifetime of ministry where we, we end up just questioning everything. We deconstruct everything by facilitation model. And then we end up just being angry people who walk away. There's no, there's no like, Hey, what's God telling you? It's just, uh, Hey, let's just open it up for discussion and go nowhere. I think also you can look at, you can lean on obedience, quote unquote, without discovery and obedience then just becomes I'm obeying whatever the teacher said, not necessarily what God is telling me, right? Even though application is always key in an emphasis, if we're just saying, okay, here's my sermon, now how are you going to obey? <laughs> that, that word, is, that's such a weird feeling because it's like obeying the words of the human teacher. When it's discovery-based, where we're saying this is what God is saying in this passage, and it's o- coupled with obedience, saying what am I going to do in response? We're not asking people to obey humans. We're asking them to obey whatever it is that God is putting in front of them right now. That is so, so, so important. I cannot like emphasize that enough. So I think that's probably why number one is both of these things together. Foster obedient lifestyles through discovery learning. Yeah, let's hit page two of this. Again, if you can navigate the incredibly difficult directions I gave you on that, maybe that's why we did it. We sound, if you can't find it, anyway. It's like Jesus when he gave a parable. <laughs> yeah. Like he really, he invited people to do their own work of discovery. That's the yeah. same idea. For those, those who really want it. For those that have fingers to search um, and figure it out. Um, all right, so here we go. There, there are important observations that come along with this discovery base. Here's, here's what they offer. I'm just going to kind of read them real quick, um, and then we'll briefly talk about each of these. Obedience to God is compelled by love. So you can scroll back through, I don't know, it's probably a year ago. We, I know we had some conversation with Roy Moran about this, how obedience is not, it's, it's, we're not talking about obedience to earn anything or obedience to God to manufacture or manipulate uh, his will around ours. Obedience is compelled by love. Mm-hmm. When we talk about and just drive and, I mean, just yeah. so hard. You're supposed to be describing what I'm doing. He's uh, punching the air yeah. <laughs> just so hard. Ah, like, it's not obedience for the sake of approval. It's not obedience just, I don't know. I don't know how to put words around that, but I know that for so much of our Western, especially in our Western context, for me anyway, growing up in that, it's like obedience for the sake of like proving you're in, proving something, earning, striving, whatever. Obedience, even Jesus says it, is like, if you love me, you'll do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's out of a place of love. Obedience must not be confused with legalism, which is compelled by guilt, shame, or fear. Which actually does go in with what Frank Viola talked about last week, and uh, and it was the I think if you want to hear a whole episode on that, we interviewed John Schwartz about um, obedience and love, and it was 
really good. I think at the very end of the episode, we kind of landed on some big like aha type of yeah. like moments yeah. of because as an American, we hear obedience and it's almost like yeah. That yeah. makes me feel it's It's why we do these episodes over and over again is to yeah. say some of the same things to go like, hey, like maybe um, six months ago you listened to that episode with John Schwartz and you're like, yeah. And then by May you're like, I still, I just don't feel like I'm enough for you, God. It's probably because you, mm. you know, slip back into the space of, yeah. I do it all the time. It's It's just that continual moving from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of life. Like yeah. you go through phases where I'm like, I know I'm so loved and you're amazing and I want to obey and I, it's compelled by love. And then a month later I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing enough to show you. Oh, wait, oh, lay that down. Yeah. Obedience must come from a space of love. Yeah. And hey, just really practically, this this is beyond uh, a program. When this becomes the way that you interact with people around Jesus, around scripture, it really does begin to uh, one it, it lessons it takes the weight off your shoulders like you have to know everything but it just becomes when it's just how you do it it's it's like breathing it becomes easier and easier and every conversation i become a question asker right and then i seek the like hey like what are we doing about that i mean there's there's been a guy that i've been walking with a lot lately just one-on-one and uh like they like it's absolutely i mean brand everything about jesus everything about scripture brand new and we'd read read stuff together and i'm telling there's never a pushback on the obedience questions and i usually say hey what does that look like what are we going to do what's our i will statement and i practically by the way just on a very practical level i try to do sometimes we create i will statements together and then i am also doing it Mm -hmm. right like just because i'm walking with this person there are i will is i'm going to pray this week or this or i'm going to read this part of the bible or whatever it is it's like all right i'm in i'm with you let's text about it let's figure it out right um because i do i do think the obedience piece trips people up uh because it feels so evangelical christianity but it's like shame 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 mm-hmm. and that's like if there's a better word than obedience <laughs> which i'm mean, that's why we all just say what are you gonna do about it you know what does this look like in your life uh the key is really just making it practical yeah and really focusing on this is from jesus not from me this is from jesus not from me let's just do it and and i i just really 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 can't say this enough create a culture of love and grace like not a militant culture of you got to do this, you got to do this. And yeah. there are a lot of movement streams that I think talk a lot about, uh, no, it's militant. You obey, you obey. We're not doing everything else unless yeah, you obey. Yeah. And I just think in a Western urban context, I mean, create that space of grace and like lean into obedience, go with the goers while at the same time, like, man, like have some grace on what that looks like and walk with people in it. Yeah. Yeah, so let's hit the next one. Obedience is not a substitute for intimacy or worship of God. So mm. I, we don't have to linger on this one. This one's like, it, it's not one for the other. O- obedience is flow. Yeah. It's really obedience flows out of that space of being with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so moved by who you are that I hear what you say and I want to obey. Yeah. I want to follow through. Because I know that the the more I hear and the more I respond, the more I'm moving with you and what you're doing um and as i move with like it creates deeper levels of intimacy yeah i wonder if if they what they mean by that is like 
it's not the only marker of your Christian faith. Like it's good to gather with others. It's good to worship in different forms, I guess. I mean, is that because so much of obedience and is linked to surrender is linked to right. That Romans 12 idea of, of offering your body as a living sacrifice. Right, right? That's where I went. Yeah. So I don't exactly know how to, what that means. <laughs> Maybe they just mean like, there's more to it than like, Hey, you do this and you obey in your, I will statements and then boom. Yeah, you're a full fledged. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, th- I maybe as well. It's like don't just like read scripture to go like, all right, what do I have to do next? It's mm-hmm, like let mm-hmm. the scripture read you, mm-hmm. be with Jesus, and not just for the sake of getting the next obedience step from Him, but just to be like that genuine space of friendship and love. Uh, the third one, again, these are just extra kind of observations that come along with this idea. To, it says to be effective, discovery-based learning requires application, sharing, and reflection. Uh, so that, the last word is really what I want to hit on just for a minute or two is the, the piece of, like we talk about application and sharing, we want to make it practical. Our obedient steps as we hear and respond should never be so general that like we can't make them measurable to know if we're actually moving in obedience uh, the sharing piece is important, obviously, as others hold us accountable. But that reflection piece is not something we talk about a lot. Mm. Yep. That um, I think is critical. I just use the word debrief yeah. uh, instead of reflection. Uh, but doing the debrief in community. And they talk a lot about community, especially in this first piece here. That mm-hmm. The part that I think they're leaning into really with this urban idea is that urban uh, contexts are highly individualistic. Right. The reason this really makes sense for our Western cultures, even if you're not in like a very large city, is individualism is a thing that would be common mm-hmm. if you are in the urban center. Mm-hmm. Like we just live in an individualistic kind of culture. So that debrief piece, though, is is like what moves our disciple making forward is when we can sit with other believers and go, I think I heard this. I attempted to move in obedience. It did not go well. Yeah. And you need that second, third, fourth voice that can sit with you and go, well, let's talk about why. What what happened? Yeah. Like, let's work through it. Yeah. Or uh, even debriefing and reflecting on, like, I followed through and here's what happened. And you're celebrating or you're asking, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's the next, like now that we're here and I had some breakthrough with my son in this thing or my breakthrough with my coworker with this thing, like I, it, it also brought us to another wall and I'm not sure where to go yeah. from here. Yeah. Yeah, man. He po- that's such a good word. Cause in all reality, that's how, it, that's how effective disciple making plays out. I think on the ground is it's guys, it's so easy to just take a bunch of questions and say, do this. And one of the main things that are present in the discovery Bible study process is you're circling back to I will statements and you're circling back to who you're sharing with it. But it's not just a question to check off the list. That's what I think that's what you're saying is it's a relational journey and you're wrestling. I mean, these are real things with real people and you're circling back to man, how did that go? Like, and if someone didn't fully live into it, it's like, do you just discard it? You know, uh, you know, bummer or like, or even if they, man, they, they made a significant, when people, walk in obedience it's generally because it's something was compelling from jesus and his words that have them behavior 
change <laughs> responding to that. Like celebrate it, man. Like when it's, it's or if it's hard, work through it together. Like just spend some time on that reflection. And on a very practical note, when you do gather together, yeah, that, I, I like debrief. That's good. Hey, let's talk about let's talk about our past week. How did it go? You know, and, and spend some real time on it. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, it's still accountability, but um, without that word, I yeah. just don't like that word. Yeah, very much. yeah. The debrief is more like yeah. it opens up the conversation to go. I didn't feel good about it, so I didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cool. Well, let's talk about why that then. Yeah, like what happened this last week. It just gives more room for a conversation. Have you? I mean, have you been around people? I mean, I can I can think of a bunch off the top of my head that were hungry for God and their lives were changing and they didn't do their I will statement during that week. Just because they didn't do that I will statement that one time doesn't mean it's like, up, oh, nope, you're out. They're, they're, like there is, like it's a journey and there's yeah. a hunger and maybe they did a really, really busy week or there was like a little hiccup. Stuff happened. Yeah. It really, like, so we want to have grace while also really leaning into the fact that we want to go with the goers. I always yeah. say that. Go with those who are leaning in hard. Here's another thing that jumps out. You were saying this before, the individualism so let me just ask you, like, outside of God, outside of uh, the Bible, like, think of something you're passionate about. Brian, what's something that you maybe passionate about or want to learn more about, like music or something like that? I'm, I'm giving you the answer. Music. <laughs> or what is a typical Western, or at least, I mean, I can speak for Americans, an American, what is something that, like, when we're beginning to learn about a new thing, something we really, what do we usually do? We go nerd out on it. Yeah, I'm gonna Google that. I'm yeah. gonna read articles. Watch on all it. the YouTube watch videos. Some YouTube video, right? I think that's very true. Everyone that I have walked with in an American setting, their pursuit or their learning about God is not just during your group settings, or even like if you give them specific Bible passages to read throughout the week. Mm -hmm. They're gonna dive into things. They're gonna Google things. They're gonna like. So we're at a point where we can't like try to like shield everyone from all these different resources. What we can just do is our best is to keep pointing them to the Bible and keep saying just like, hey, keep just learning and saying, hey, what am I gonna do about it this week? What's mm -hmm. jumping out to me? What am I gonna do about it this week? Like that becomes a uh, like a very practical way of. Yeah. that's like they can do that. They can seek, you know, they can Google all the things they want and just like, hey, what's Bible saying? What are you going to do about it? And that you keep bringing them back to that. Yeah, which kind of moves us into the last little section here. Uh, we'll be quick through this is why is this fruitful? Why does it appear to be fruitful? Um, I was going to ask you to make to like hit your mic and I then you it. just did, it. did yeah. it. You're welcome. Um, episode. The, the first thing I think would be this line they use that discovery based an obedience-based learning is a pattern interrupt. Hmm. And the reason behind that is what you're just talking about. Discovery-based learning facilitates community discussion. Yeah. Obedience-based learning actually does facilitate community if you're like doing it in a really helpful yeah, way. Like well. you could go like, well, I, I said I was going to do this. I will. And I went and did it. And nobody really knows. So you know, it's like it's it's pushing you back into community. So in highly individualistic and relativistic cities where urban dwellers are typically surrounded by noise, information, disruption, entertainment, influence, and teaching of every style and quality. Uh, so like it like what they're highlighting in that little phrase that I just read is in these environments that are driven for you to be 
a quote unquote loner or to be able to figure it out on your own. This puts us back in those spaces where we go, I want to discover this with someone else because their voice is going to help inform what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also going to, I, I think I read somewhere in this, I can't find it right off the top here, but like it actually helps protect against me. Like people always ask us, mm-hmm. what do you do about people who go off the rails? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I shouldn't have made fun of the way. They always but, sound like that but too, yeah. every time. <laughs> but that's the question is like, well, suddenly there's not a pastor in charge. So clearly everyone's going to be coming up with heresy all over the place. Mm-hmm. You did it again. Um, and it's like, it's not, it's not true because the discovery piece in these environments, in these community environments is actually protecting from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, that's a true fact. Yeah. <laughs> Any of us that have been in those settings can point to lots of times where there's heresy spoken while also you can start, you can truly see that change over time. Yeah. Like, Cause people are hearing differently. They're, they're attuning their ears to hear the voice of God. Hey, you hit the mic. I that hit one the was mic. not me. Um, that's, yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely true. Oh, I just had a, oh, very, very practically speaking, dbsgroups.com. Oh, yeah, that's a good step. dbsgroups.com. We created this years ago uh, j- for just a solid starting point for anyone. There's scripture lists. There's even suggested routes like, hey, try this list first. Um Here's a way to go. Like, it's not a do this, then do this, then do this, but we just have a bunch of different scripture lists that can help you. Um, the two lists that just often are starting points for us are 10 Stories of Hope that we originally got from Phil Alessi that that are just, in, oh man, this is my, it's usually, it's my go-to. It's 10 just quick, like, um, snapshot stories of Jesus with people. You get the heart of Jesus. Um, I've just found over and over again, you get to a Jesus story uh, there's just powerful things in that. The other one, Journey of Jesus, is very similar, but it's a little bit more like there's a little more timeline to it. So you you're starting early in Jesus' ministry and you're going through death and resurrection, but kind of key just aspects of what it means mm-hmm. uh, to follow Jesus. Those are two great starting points. And then I mean, but really you can insert whatever's needed. Like a lot of times people will just go through uh, a book of the Bible, and depending on the the group that you're with. So we have a a, a more specific kind of commands of Jesus type of scripture list that like, uh, yeah, that's, it's kind of depending and, and through coaching relationships, we can help you with that. But dbsgroups.com it's, it's there for this very reason. Um, right there on your phone, there's a scripture right there on your phone are the discovery questions. So if you need a, if you need a resource, that one's there always. Yeah. Why do we hit this so hard? Man, if we're really actually going to see the unleashing of normal people doing this, it yeah. cannot keep going back to uh, the professional trained teacher. That's where I was going to, and that's their that's their final comment: is discovery based learning empowers learners to take ownership of their learning, yeah. leading to personal transformation and replication. Yeah. As I say, it's you, we'll probably do another episode on this in six months. Mm-hmm. And the purpose, honestly, it's just as much of a reminder to for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't if if you're if you're kind of new into this world and you're thinking I've only seen professionals on a stage deliver a well scripted message and I walked away and I was encouraged. Good. That's great. Amen. Yeah, I'm I'm I've had thousands of those experiences. But if we want to empower ordinary everyday people, 
not everybody has that gift. That's right. And we have to create frameworks, systems, tools that help people go, all right, so how do I do this in my home? How do I do this in a workspace? How do I do this in some environment where I'm connected to to spiritually interested people? Mm-hmm. And this is it. Very simple questions of would you like to discover what Jesus might have to say about that? Yeah. Would you like to look at a passage of scripture that kind of speaks to this thing that you're talking about? You don't even have to teach it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You're just inviting people to read and go, what's that, what's that say to you? Mm-hmm. How is this impacting your life in this moment? Yeah. Uh, and then if they say something crazy and you happen to know a little bit of knowledge, sure, down the road you might share that. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to even start with that. Yeah. I mean, how, how I push back on people sometimes, I was like, yeah, interesting, man. Well, here's what I see. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that doesn't mean that I don't have to talk a lot, but it's like, yeah. yeah, that definitely. Th- and that that happens, too. Like, I, it's not like we just affirm all the things that are no. untrue. Yeah, yeah. But we yeah, it's questions lead to more questions that lead to sitting at the feet of Jesus a lot. So, man, absolutely. I love good teachers like that's great. It's just not going to be the main way that. It go, something goes viral like yeah. everyday people we're not we're not teachers all the time nope so, yeah. well we want to offer you the questions for discussion and team reflection um so let's just say you know there's there's a few of you out there that are like creating a little missional team together and uh you're going hey we're going to listen to this podcast together we're going to walk through these 15 observations we're going to have some conversation together um and you're going, we we couldn't find the document because you made it too difficult <laughs> to find. <laughs> so we're going to listen to these questions. Here they are. Write them down. I've given you time. Uh, maybe pull your car over and write these down now. And just consider these for your own, uh, own reflection. Uh, so in your experience of disciple making, how have others helped you discover God? Has that been just primarily through teaching or some other form? Um, would you have wanted them to do that differently? And if so, what does that mean for you? Are you helping others discover God for themselves? Or are you primarily telling them what they should know? Uh, So based on the observation of this organization through global interviews, what seems to be true across the board it, to see disciple making and replication so emphasize that mm-hmm. to see disciple making movements to see multiplication replication discovery based obedience based learning uh, is is what leads to that not me telling uh, so in your context how do you and your team help others to discover god for themselves And are there statements, suggestions, or conclusions here that should influence what you do? And then how will you live in response to that? So in some ways, we talked a lot about discovery in this. We started kind of in the obedience. We moved more to the discovery. But like Corey said, they're very interconnected. Um, the, The truth is, if I'm told to go obey something in the sense of like, it's different if Jesus tells me to obey it. But, like, if I'm telling people, hey, go obey this, it's less likely to take hold than if they go, yeah, I read that. That makes sense to me. It seems true for my life. Mm-hmm. I believe in Jesus in this way. I'm going to follow through. Yeah. Amen. That's so smart. Is that is that it? Is that good? Um, I think we should probably cue the music.
Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.